0: Good morning. This is a special morning, a morning where we'll be keeping all of the kids in the service. So if you're used to running out at this point, uh, we're keeping you. And so there's no kids club this morning. There is for uh, a nursery is open, by the way, and they're open from zero to four. So if that becomes a need, uh, there are some parents in there to be with kids. Over the last six weeks, we've been in a series in the Gospel of Matthew entitled, Follow Me. Looking at and considering, what did Jesus mean when he says, follow me? Because the world, and even popular Christianity, would suggest to us that what Jesus is asking you to do is to follow rules. Jesus is asking you to be a better moral people. He's asking you to get proficient at the do this and don't do that of the faith. That's an insufficient picture of the gospel. And there are yet other parts of Christianity that would suggest that the most important things for you to glean on, for you to spend your time considering is how beautiful, significant, important, and sufficient you are. As if you are the highest thing He's created. And once you understand the fullness of you, you'll be filled. What a fruitless message. What a pointless and gospel-less message. You would not find any of those ideas in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew. No, rather you would find when Jesus said, follow me, he meant it quite literally. He meant that you would literally follow him, that you would go with him. He's going on a journey and he's inviting you in to that journey that you would go where he goes, that you would do what he does and you would say what he says. He's inviting you to become like him in every aspect of his life. And as we've walked through this series, I've asked every week this will be no exception. That you would, in this season, intentionally and prayerfully read through the entire Gospel of Matthew. Asking God to reveal to you what it means to follow Him. And we want to use this season to be called into His Word to watch the life of Jesus. Whether you've been doing that or not, whether you're a guest with us or not, I do want to make two quick observations about the Gospel of Matthew, particularly as it will relate to this morning. The first of which is this. If you're reading through the Gospel of Matthew, one of the first stories that you'll come across is Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist in Matthew 3. Now you can ask me, Matthew 3, that's not the very first. but I would just suggest to you, it's actually the first story we see is Jesus as an adult. tells us, how he came to be. But as an adult, the first story we see is Jesus being baptized. It comes before his ministry. It comes before he proclaims himself to be the Messiah. And it's significant. It's significant that he's baptized. And we're called to follow his example. To be like him even in baptism. And secondly... One of the very last things that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew can be found in Matthew 28:19. You would know it as the Great Commission. This is what Jesus says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." No, those are Jesus's last words. There's nothing there, by the way, about you being a great rule follower, about you being morally superior, about you looking down on other people who are not living the way you are. There's nothing in that passage that says that you're beautiful, significant, and awesome. No, it's telling you to go and make disciples. Go and be like me, baptizing them. Do you know that that's a command in this text? Go and make disciples and baptize them. So what you find if you walk through this whole book, if you study the life of Jesus, Jesus isn't just baptized. He leads us in baptism and he commands us to do it. So what is baptism? Why do we do it? And why am I popping? I'm stepping on something, I think. We'll see. Here at Calvary, we practice what, here at Calvary, <laughs> here at Calvary, we practice something called believer's baptism. That is to say that we believe baptism is not merely a cultural experience. It's not something you do just to do it. And we don't believe that baptism is a saving act. We don't believe it's salvific. That there's nothing special about being dipped in the water that says you're now saved, that you now belong to Jesus because you've been dunked. We would say that baptism is not necessary for salvation, but we would also say it's not optional either. That it's a part of following Jesus Christ. As we've been looking at following Jesus, at following His example, at taking His commands literally, when He puts it before us, that's what we do. We believe that baptism is an outward sign of inward reality. That it's a public proclamation of one's faith. It's somebody going forward and saying, I identify with Jesus Christ. I belong to him. Much of the same way as a wedding is a public proclamation of marriage. I'm going to be with, yesterday was my anniversary, I'm going to be with Pam forever. Let's have a wedding. We publicly proclaimed our wedding. I publicly wear a ring. It proclaims that. That's what baptism serves as. It's a public proclamation of one's faith. I know many churches that call it going public. That's what it serves for. It's a public acknowledgement of your identity with Jesus Christ so that if you're here this morning, you've been invited by a friend, I want you to know that by going public, they're trying to proclaim to you that if you've seen differences in their life, if you go, huh, something happened, they used to be like this, and now they're like this, even if that was a while ago. If they live differently than everyone else around you, their decision to go public with their faith is why? They've identified with Jesus Christ. Let's get to the biblical significance. If you've got a Bible, turn to Romans 6. If you're a guest with us, there's a Red Pew Bible in front of you. And we'll be on page 942. Romans 6, verse 3. It's Paul taking on baptism do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death this is a significant part of baptism he says all of us who've been baptized he's actually asking you to remember when you were baptized it's that part like in a wedding, when you hear marriage vows, you're to be reminded of your vows, to be challenged in your vows, so that if you've been baptized, when you watch somebody be baptized, it's that same moment for you to be remembered, for you to look back on. All of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Paul presupposes that most of these Romans have been baptized. And I was going to explain it to them. That you're baptized into His death. And that's important imagery. Because what it suggests, the picture that it has, the imagery of baptism is that you're laid back into the water. That you're laid back into death. Well, reality. That you're played back into the water like you're laid into the grave. You're identifying with Jesus Christ in His death. It's the first part of Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. You identify with Christ in his death, suggesting that in and of yourself, you do not have the ability, the merit to produce the good works enough to, to inherit righteousness to enter into the kingdom of God. Because all of us are sinners. Every last one of us. And because of our sin, we deserve a punishment that Jesus took on at the cross. And He died on our behalf. We identify with Him in His death. That His death was sufficient. Then, in verse 4, we were buried therefore with Him by baptism and death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. That we're called to identify not just with His death, We're called to identify with His resurrection. That we're brought back into new life. That He indeed transforms us. That He indeed changes us. That we become something else. This is the second part of Galatians 2.20. But Christ lives in me. It's that imagery that as you're raised out of the water, you're raised in new life. If you believed in Jesus Christ you've become new. Verse 5, For if, if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His, He will change you. He most certainly will change you. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's the picture of baptism, that you come out of the water spiritually resurrected. It's the third part of Galatians 2.20. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That's the imagery of baptism, and it's significant, but I want you to know... That if you're with somebody, if you know somebody who has been baptized or is being baptized this morning, you do not come out perfect. You don't come out amazing. You come out forgiven. The distinctive of believers in Jesus Christ is not that we don't make mistakes. The distinction is that we're forgiven. And we seek reconciliation. But the Bible declares that we're a new creation. That He's changed us. Paul digs into that a little bit more a couple of verses later. If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel, and that's baptism. That we are dead in our sins, and Jesus saves us and makes us alive. Baptism is the physical sign of that spiritual reality. It signifies it. It symbolizes it. It is our outward testimony to the world that we are proclaiming that we're dead in our sin and that we're alive in Christ. We're proclaiming that we are a new creation that's been raised to new life. It's a public proclamation. That's why you're here. This morning we have six people who have made that commitment and are choosing to be baptized this morning. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, according to the words of Paul, you should be encouraged by this reality. That it should build you up, that you are to be reminded in this moment of the gospel to you. That you too have been identified with his death. That you've been identified with his resurrection. And if you're being baptized this morning, we as a church want to celebrate you what the gospel is doing in your life we want to stand with you and confirm upon you that god is doing something in your life and that you've died to your flesh and you're being made new to jesus christ we're now going to move to the practical side of baptism which is to say those of you being baptized and those of you baptizing if you can start coming this way you know your order you'll be fine couple other practical housekeeping matters. If you're sitting on the wings, you won't be able to see very well. You might consider scooting in. It's a small hole. If you're related to somebody and you're sitting on the wings and you want to move into the middle, you're welcome to. And if you're a kid and you can't see and it's okay with your parents, you're welcome to come sit here on the floor because it's significant. Anyone can come sit down here if you'd like to.
1: Well, you guys would be happy to know it is warm water. That's nice. Um, Super excited this morning to be here with with Eric and his his brother Anthony in just a second. Two boys who have become pretty special to me. Um, And I think to all of us youth leaders who kind of watched you guys grow up in our church and uh, have seen the change in you. um, For me, you've become like little brothers, and so that's why I get to be here with you today. And um, I want to share with you that I talked to your dad just a while ago, and uh, just the tears in his eyes, just the excitement that was there. He's pretty excited for you today. Um, But this isn't about me, Eric, this is about you. Uh, And so we just want to encourage you right now to uh, share with the church your testimony and and why you're in the water and what this means to you.
2: didn't know there was gonna be an interview. (laughs) I I did, I did, Um, so for me, uh, I mean, I've been going here since I was born, really. Uh, and I've just grown up being surrounded by God and by Christ and all of that. Uh, I, the first, the first time that I accepted Christ, I was in VBS. I was seven. Then again, after that a couple months at Camp Joy. And, Camp Joy has been a big part of my life for the last, what would it be, like 11 or 12 years. And uh, it's always been a big part. And then for the last couple years, it's just really hit me uh, what it's meant to be a follower and to actually uh, follow and be like Christ. Uh, And I've had quite a few different examples of what that means. Uh, over the last few years, and I've also had a couple uh, examples brought to me of how not to be, and it's it's helped me see how I should live my life and all that. Uh, I am definitely not perfect. I still mess up. Uh, I still do stupid stuff, whether it be just dumb stuff at work even, like standing on a rotating chair. Uh, I, I'm, I always do dumb stuff, whether it be physical or actual emotional, but I don't know, I've, I've realized what it means to be a follower, and I want to be, and so that's where I am now.
1: That's awesome, and so I I got to interview you and your brother on Wednesday night, and one of the things you said in that moment was that this is kind of a celebration of the work that Jesus Christ has done in your life. and. So um, I, I'm going to ask you in front of the church, Eric, have you come today to publicly proclaim your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Awesome. That means we can keep going, so that's good. Uh, and so trusting and relying on Jesus, are you committed to following him all the days of your life? Yes. Awesome. This is the part where you're about to get wet, so I'll put the microphone here. Now my hands are wet, so let's not drop the microphone. It's battery operated. It won't hurt, don't worry. I always thought that when I was out there. Eric, I want to be a little more, or Anthony, I want to be a little more frank with you. Uh, And this is why we're having this conversation. Um, You're the little brother. And so uh, I've also gotten to know you and, and love you just the same. This is not your brother's moment. This is Anthony's moment. Uh, And I've been so encouraged in conversation with you uh, that this is something you want to do and that, you know, you love Jesus. And so the same thing that uh, I asked your brother, the same way we put him on the spot, we're going to put you on the spot. Um, I just want to share a little bit of your testimony and what Jesus means to you.
2: So I was raised in a Christian family, believing in Christ and all that stuff. I always have accepted Christ and known who he was and everything, but I didn't actually realize how much that meant and how great that was until I was around 10-ish before like, it all like smacked me in the side of the head, and I saw, wow, this is amazing, this is huge, how much he's done, what he's made, all the lives he's brought into this world, and Everything he's given us, like a love, home, family, friendship, it's just amazing.
1: I think that's a good response, Anthony. And so I interviewed you just the same, and it was awesome to hear that you recognized that you were a sinner and that you needed Jesus Christ, and that in this moment you're not making any salvific statement other than to show this congregation uh, that you love Jesus. And so you're going to get asked the exact same questions. Have you come today to publicly proclaim your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Awesome, and trusting and relying on Jesus, are you committed to following him all the days of your life? Yes. All right, you're gonna get wet too.
3: I'm Chris and this is my son Elijah and I have the amazing privilege of getting to baptize him today. This is a pretty big deal for our family. Um, I've, been, I've been a youth pastor for quite a while and I got to baptize a lot of kids but I've got to say this is probably the most most enjoyable and special one for me. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You got to give more than one word answers.
0: <laughs>
3: okay so how did you tell me a little bit of your story, how you became a Christian? Um, you came up to me when I was four years old, and you asked me that I would do you want me to be a Christian? And I said yes, and we continued the life of Christians, and it can continued done to this day. Okay. I do have to give a very quick little short story. When he was really little, he had watched me preach a sermon, and he came home, and he got up on his bed, and he just changed his decor. And he was standing on his bed with a kid. I was reading books, and he was standing there, and he was like, rah, 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 rah. And I was like, man, I really hope that's not always sounds <laughs> up But I'm so proud of him. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. All right. So, have you come today to proclaim publicly your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Trusting and relying on Jesus, are you committed to following him for the rest of your life? Yes.
0: I am Pastor Ben, I'm Pastor Calvary. This is my friend Ellie. Ellie, would you like to share a little bit about your story and why you're choosing
3: baptism? So, not until Pastor Ben talked about baptism as being an act of obedience did I realize that I wanted to follow Jesus's command to be baptized. I've grown up going to this church my whole life and I've always believed that Jesus is my savior. I know baptism doesn't save me, but I know it's a sign showing that I'm living for Christ. I'm here today to publicly proclaim that Jesus is my savior and that I will continue to grow in my faith. You pretty much stole all the questions I'm going to ask you, but I've got to ask you anyway. So if you come to make public your proclamation, the proclamation of your faith in Jesus Christ, yes. and trusting and relying on him and just trusting his grace, so you committed to following him all the days of your life. Yes.
0: my friend Randall. Would you like to share a little bit of your story and why you're choosing to be baptized today? Yes.
3: I conveniently have two pages of paper. So. <laughs> so, hi, my name is Randall Kenninger. I'm 23 years old. Most of you probably know my mother, Allison Kenninger. My father, Randy Kenninger. I have two brothers, Jack and Will, and two sisters, Batty and Ellie, Ellie was just baptized previously. Um, I also have a lot of other family and friends here to support us today, so I just want to thank everyone on this room for coming. When I was 16 years old, I really fell off the radar with God. I started to live my life how I wanted, and I did not consider the consequences, which ultimately had a negative impact on my own health and my relationships with family, friends, and God. When I was 18, I had graduated high school and moved on to go to college. I had replaced quality people in my life with people who were terrible role models, and that the lifestyle won't end pleasures. I grew, I grew so far apart with God, I figured I did not need Him or the church. At which point, I had told to stop attending church. I lived this way until I was twenty years old. It was finally then I realized that this behavior was self-destructive, both emotionally and physically, and I had enough. I still hung around those new friends I had, but I soon realized they were not my friends at all. I had then become sort of a loner. Although I had this behavior, I still thought that I didn't need God in church. I started filling my life with positive activities to distract me from that behavior. I really got into health and fitness. I worked very hard in school and I started working for a charitable organization, I felt I was doing very good for myself. But that feeling soon wore off. I wondered how good that have been. I was living my life of the world this as good. But I strongly felt the void that still needed to be filled. I thought I needed to put more time and effort into the better things I was currently doing. So I did, but the boy was still never filled. Around the time I turned 21, I had sporadically started going to church, but never really involved myself in what the pastor was teaching or talking about. It was the summer of 2017, and I was doing a job I had returned to every year for the past six years. Doing that job, I met a person who was unlike anyone I had ever met before. At first, I didn't know why this person was different. Was it because she said she was homeschooled? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know very many homeschooled people. I wondered about it, but I just figured that it was not funny and they ignored it. We started then to hang out outside the job. Somehow this person liked me. Introduced her and introduced me to her friend group. I picked up the same vibe, the same vibe from the group, the same vibe I had first gotten when I met this girl. It puzzled me. What is it? She told me that the group consisted of homeschoolers and some schoolers. so I had to rule out it wasn't just the only people around school. <laughs> These people were happy. And not happy from alcohol, or happy because they were successful in something, just happy to be alive and around the people they love. My new friend invited me to the River City Church. This time I actually listened to what the pastor was saying, and I involved myself in it. I can't even remember what the sermon was really about, but the entire week I thought about where I was with my current relationship I thought about all the bad things I had done. I thought about God's everlasting love and sacrifice. The very next week, I attended Riverside Church again with my friend accompanied by her family. After the sermon was over, I took communion for the very first time in a long time. As I sat there, I prayed to God for forgiveness for my past. And then God hit me with it like a ton of hurts as events. These new friends I had behaved this way because they were filled with the love of Jesus Christ. I tried so hard not to cry in front of my friend and her family, whom I just recently met. I started to reconnect with God, and I could sense the void was finally being filled. I lived my life with God in mind every day. I tried my best to make every decision with God in mind, with the support. From my family, friends, and the community here in Calvary, I can proudly say that my void is not only is not only filled with the overflowing with the love of our amazing God. And yes, the girl I have been the girl from the e job I have been dating for over a year, and I thank God every day for putting her and my family in my life when He did. And they've truly been a blessing. Randall, have you come today to to make public your profession of your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Trusting and relying on him and his grace are you committed to following him all the days of your life. share a little bit of your story while you're choosing baptism so like the others here today i grew up in the church Um, my parents grandparents were strong christians i was a part kid i was uh, fluent in christianity by the time i was 12 Um, i think when i really made the decision for myself was in high school and when i left the christian school system and decided that i really wanted that for myself in my teenage years um, I grew up in the free Church, I had very strong mentors there, um, baptism was not really part of the culture there, it wasn't something that we did routinely, um, so therefore I never have been baptized before. I continued to, to grow in Christ through college, you know, things waxed and waned, I had fluency in philosophy and psychology and Christianity and things would go back and forth there, um, I met my wife and we just celebrated our 15th year anniversary. Over the last decade or so, I've realized that I've been less convicted about sins I commit, sins of commission and things that I don't do that I should, sins of omission. Um, As your life becomes set up the way you want, things become easier and comfortable to stay in a routine. It's uh, pretty easy to avoid adultery when the only lady you hang out with is your wife and you don't have any free time. Um, It's pretty easy to avoid stealing when you're able to buy what you materially need. So what's different today after 20 years of my walk, it was Ben's sermon this summer about the conviction of following Christ. Another word for the lack of obedience is disobedience. Um... I, this is very uncomfortable for me. I don't like ceremony. I don't like formality, um, and I realize it's not about me or doing what I want. It's about following what Jesus commanded us to, even if it involves um, being with all the you know a different group of people. And I appreciate the par- prayers for the young people this morning. And um, I, I can't explain any reason logically or cognitively why being dipped underwater would affect my metaphysical standing with the creator of the universe and that's the part it's not it's not about me it's about following what Jesus said whether or not I truly understand all of it or anything else yeah. Proud of mm-hmm. have you come today to make public group proclamation of your faith in Jesus Christ yes Trusting and relying on Jesus and trusting on His grace. Are you committed to following Him all the days of your life? Yes. Six people decided to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus, to proclaim
0: publicly their faith in Jesus Christ that's something you want to do, have never done, and you want to participate in it. I really encourage you to come and talk to me. You can catch me after the service. You can catch me during the potluck. You can send me an email, a text message, Skype. When there's no end of
3: ways in Twitter. You could let me know. Um,
0: let me pray for us.
3: And we'll continue on worshiping God. Father, thank you for these six testimonies. Six people who want to follow you. With different degrees of knowledge and experience, Father, we have Elijah, a 10-year-old, the American, full-grown adult doctor. Father, we have people who are just wanting to identify with you and obey you. What a sweet testimony that is for us this morning. Father, I pray that all of us, every single soul, would be so built up and encouraged, and I pray that we'd be challenged. Challenged to consider our own obedience and follow you. Challenged to consider our own desire to publicly proclaim who you are with every ounce of our being, every day of our life. Jesus, thank you so much for going to the cross on our behalf to die for our sins. Thank you for identifying with us by becoming human and identifying with us even with choosing baptism. We identify with you. We identify with your salvation. And with the new life we have
0: within you.
3: In the name of Jesus we pray.
2: Amen.